0: Welcome to The Aggressive Life. This is Brian. You know, the thing about being aggressive, you got to call it out because a lot of people don't want to do the things you're going to do if you're an aggressive person. If you're just going to live and let live and let life happen to you, then there's not going to be anything difficult in your life. Whenever you have to push yourself and step outside of what is normal— you're going to not be understood. And you're actually gonna have all kinds of reasons why you shouldn't do it. That's why it's called aggression. That's why it's called something difficult. That's why it's called taking control of your life. And I'm gonna tell you right now, tell you right now, this episode is gonna be difficult, but it's an opportunity that we need to take. One of the most aggressive moves we can make in life is brutal honesty. And here's a brutal truth. Sex trafficking is a reality for an alarming high amount of people around the world. And it's not just a problem over there. It's all over the place. Even just saying sex trafficking, some of you are going, oh, this is not the episode to listen to. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, 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 it is. Please hang in there. Push yourself a bit. It's called modern slavery. Sex trafficking has been reported in all 50 states in America. A recent study estimated that nearly 5 million people are sex-trafficked worldwide with at least one million of those people being children. It's awful. It's appalling. It's disgusting. It's uh, heinous. It's, I might even say, demonic. It's unthinkable. But we can't afford to bury our heads in the sand. So, Don't turn the podcast off because you're actually going to get some inspiration of this. Believe it or not, this is not a, hey, let's feel awful about the state of the world. There's some amazing hope that's here because the story you're about to hear is difficult, but it's ultimately one of rescue and redemption. You're going to meet an amazing young woman who isn't letting the trauma of her past define her future. Anjali Tarnang. I'm sorry, I'm probably butchering her last name, was born in Nepal in the foothills of the Himalayas. A difficult childhood, including the death of a parent, left her especially vulnerable. That's why at the age of 11, she was tricked into leaving her remote village for the promise of much-needed income in the larger cities of India. Instead, she was trafficked. For more than two hellish years, she was confined to a brothel sold to upwards of 20 times a day to different men. Then, unexpectedly, a miracle. The brothel was raided by an organization working to rescue children from sex slavery. She was 14 years old at the time, but it wasn't all rainbows and sunshine after that. She has walked the long road of healing and recovery. She's made aggressive move after aggressive move to get there and to get here today. She's now pursuing a vision to free, educate, and rehabilitate girls Living in the hell that she walked through, she's standing in the way of this awful trade, and I couldn't be more thrilled to introduce you to her today. She's a wife, a mother, an author, but most of all, a fighter and survivor. Welcome to the aggressive life, all the way from Nepal, Anjali Tamang. How are you?
1: I'm good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Am I saying your? We've met before, but I I I never used your last name. Am I saying your last name right, Tamang?
1: yeah you are right tamang tamang, tamang.
0: i always get your i always get your first name right because there's an old <laughs> there's an old commercial in the United States for Anjali. you ever hear of that commercial
1: no I'm sorry <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah yeah yeah.
0: It, it, it was an old commercial yeah, it went. I can bring home the bacon and 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 it fried up in the pan and never, never, never let you forget you're a man because I'm a woman. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> You've never heard that? Uh, I don't know why you would have, but um, yeah, that was uh, that. I can still remember watching that on my parents' black and white TV way, way back when. So, hey, let's go back and let's go back and hear your story. I want to do some of the gosh some of the difficult stuff because i think i think we hear sex trafficking and it's it's kind of one of those terms that we've heard enough that that we gloss over what it is and we lose man the difficultness the darkness the blackness of it and i'm sure it's really painful for you to think about or go back to but i just want to make sure that we get up to up to par with understanding exactly what it is that you've been fighting uh, until we can see some of the redemptive parts of your story. So tell me, what, like, what, what does it mean to be sex trafficked?
1: What, what I realized, what I know, what I got to know after, uh, like, rescued is that I was living, like, sex trafficking, thinking that that is the world I was born. Like, that is what I was made for. I didn't know that and I have another life better than that before that. Because I was born in a small village, then directly they took me to that brothel. So I haven't seen or I haven't heard any other uh, things about the world. Being trafficked really leaves um, like black um, mark in my like in everyone, every cult who have been like traffic leaves a mark in their life, which like um never leaves them
0: so i w- I want to ask some probing questions. they might be seen as aggressive questions and if i'm i 'm going too far, just go ahead and you know say i don 't want to talk about that that 's entirely fine for you to do that, yeah. but I, I know we 've done a lot of work, and crossroads, my day job, the church that I lead, has done a lot of work with rescuing people from sex slavery. We like to call it the rape-for-profit industry. The rape-for-profit industry in India, in Nepal. And, you know, parents are told, well, we'll take your child to the city and they'll become a flight attendant or some such thing. And you're 11, you get dropped into this building, which... (laughs) Have you ever seen a brothel? I, I've I've seen a number of them. They're, they're always disgusting. They're always filthy, and I don't mean just as far as the spiritual and emotional environment. I just mean in terms of the physical cleanliness. They're just uh, just it's just awful, awful stuff. So you're 11, and what happens? You just you're 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 dropped in a room, and do they tell you what to do? Do they? Is there some kind of training program for a young girl who's going to be in this industry? What, What does that look like?
1: So they took me in like brothel. Gradually, I got to know that that is a brothel. But when first they took me to a place like a hotel, and then there were already five, six girls from Nepali girls who were like my age. And they were down and there was like, small hotel inside like the gate looks like a hotel normal hotel where people go for a snack and tea but then gradually um inside there were small rooms and things where the customers comes and things and first was like I didn't know really um what it was like I didn't know and then the lady who was with me, who took me there, the lady told, oh, now you should, like, act ad- like other girls. Like, you should follow other girls. And there were other managers, other men's Indian men's who, who were like, oh, now you should obey them. You are going to work for them. And then they will, like, give you money after three, four years.
0: When, when I interact with adult women in America who have been raped, they they tell a pretty similar story where their their body shuts down and they just roll with the demands of the of the of the man who is raping them actually man I, not a man they're a boy they're a boy very immature boy who could be 30 or 40 but they just kind of, their, their body shuts down. They, they would have liked to have thought earlier on if they were someone was trying to rape them that they would be kicking and screaming and fighting, but many, many, many just report like their body just shuts down and they can't even think about resisting. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's a defense mechanism of the, of the mind or, or what it is. I got to think that's probably what happens when you're 11, right? You, would you, oh, just, yeah. you just shut, shut everything down?
1: Yeah, that's exactly what uh, I even did after when first first time was it was like shouting, it was like crying, it was lots of things. But um, gradually when um I realized that it's the thing that we have to do, like uh, it's there is no way for me to go uh, get out of this. And when I got to know that there is no way to back, go back to my home without... Uh, like doing this then i don't let my mind think on what is really happening in my body even if it's physically it hurts but um don't uh, let my uh, my mind like i was just trying to survive i i i was always like in fearful situation that oh if i maybe if i don't let him like do this or that he might kill me he might you know hurt me more adverse than he is doing so i was always in that situation
0: and you were you were a courageous woman. I'm uh for our listeners, Anjali is you know, obviously she's out of the country and uh we're connect we're trying to record this on high quality equipment, but we have a Zoom screen open so we're able to see each other. And uh, you know, I can just I can still see the pain on your face. You've been through an incredible healing journey that we're gonna talk about. But just just your courage and being able to recount this stuff and willing to recount it. It's not that I want to revel in gory details and make this some sort of shocking podcast. It, it is that we have to understand that there are millions, millions of females who are getting this done to them every day, every day. And Sometimes those, those of us who are Americans, we gotta stop being fixated on our financial savings goals or the size of our biceps or the way our kids should get into soccer, whatever it is, and just realize there, there's real problems. There's real massive problems and real massive pain. You're, Anjali, you're, you're, any day of your life from 11 to any one day would have more pain in that day than I've had my entire 55 years you are you are uh, you're you're an incredibly strong woman i I can't, I can't i can't imagine what it'd be like to be with a person who for 6 hours, 12 hours or 24 hours would tell you what to do sexually for 24 hours to them i can't i can't i can't imagine the horrors of that, that, that that's just sheesh. My goodness. Well, thanks for going there. I, I I don't want to go there anymore. I've I've heard, talked about sex trafficking a lot, and um, people have heard that phrase. We, we've gone enough there, so enough of that question. Let, let's 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 talk about. Let's. I, I can see see she just had relief that went out of her face. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for being courageous and 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 doing that. Thank you so much. So let's talk about the rescue. When what what was the day of the rescue like?
1: Like um the rescue date was quite normal days. Uh, it was evening I rem as per I remember it was evening and quite getting dark uh for night and we were just sitting on chairs and there came some um two like foreigner customers and they were um asking for girls, like when customer comes, the managers go and ring the bell. And we uh, girls have to stand up in front of the customers, so that they can choose whomever they want. So the customers were asking for more girls, like they were saying, Oh, these are not I want, do you have more like that? So they were asking for more girls. And then some ladies started to come and we were like looking what, who are they? They're is there like uh, are there some madams like someone's madam like the madam the ladies used to come once a month to see their girls uh, what their girls are doing like they used to come to take money like once a month to collect their shares like the managers what we earn we were never given um, the ma- they just give two times food for us. Um, just normal food, and otherwise they don't give any money to us. So the ladies used to come. So we thought this might be someone's uh, madam's, yeah, someone's honor. Uh, uh, so I. Didn't quite remember all, but I remember there was lots of mess running here and there because everyone was trying. We, why the girls we were trying to run and wh- why we were trying to fight with them was because we were always taught that when police comes, police like uh, we will n- be taken to the prison and we will never be back to village. So we were fighting them then, but it they got a nineteen of our. Um, friends together with me and um, got, I think one or two uh, managers. And yeah, we were rescued and taken to police station.
0: So the way this happens is there's organizations that Crossroads is partnered with called IJM, International Justice Mission, that goes into areas and they actually recruit volunteers from local churches, churches, church volunteers, like Sunday school teachers, to go into brothels and pose as potential customers. And as they go in, they gather intel and they come back and they work with the attorneys, American attorneys who are are often volunteering their time to amass all of the evidence and details of what's happening and then they go to the police. Oftentimes the police are in cahoots or at least the police don't care But when an organization, fully staffed, brings evidence and puts pressure on them to do something about it, they will oftentimes then have a raid. And so that's what happened with you. I mean, even just think about that. Just imagine someone who teaches Sunday school in a local church. That that person is a person who probably doesn't do pornography or at least tries not to do pornography, a a person who has high ideals, and they've got to go into the lion's den. It it is— It is a crazy, crazy volunteer position. And then on the raid to have the girls run away because they have been brainwashed that you can't be captured, you'll go to jail when they're actually trying to be helped and rescued instead of actually going to jail. And that scene, that scene is, I've seen the scenes on video a number of times. They're, they're, They're always moving. So they come... And they, they get you, they get your hands on you, they drag you out, you're kicking and screaming, they stick you into a van, that's got to be another traumatic experience, and then what happens?
1: When like police and this IGM uh, took us, like it was like for us, we are like the rope is going to be cut off. We are not going to be anymore connected to our village. Like we didn't know that we are being rescued, but we were thinking that we are going to be put in prison and no more. We are going to be back to a village that was... yeah then we were taken in police station they were asking us questions where are you from trying <laughs> but we were all fighting with them cool let, let us go why are you taking us you want to go take us in another place like you do uh, do you want to put us in another brothel like that we were fighting with uh, them. <laughs> you
0: you thought they were kidnapping you for another yeah, brothel interesting yeah.
1: And we were fighting and we were not saying the truth. For for many months, we didn't say the truth. Like, even when they ask, like, our address of our homeland, we don't say. Because we were always told, uh, like, we shouldn't be saying the truth. Always they put the madams and the traffickers, they always put us in, like, fear uh, with the police, And the IGM, even that time, we thought they were all police. So they they are not going to send us back to home. So they take us in court, and then the court sent uh, 16 of us in a shelter home. And then three of our friends were more older than us, so they were sent in another shelter home.
0: I've been to a number of aftercare homes, and it's a, boy, it's a, it's quite an experience because you've got girls or young women or all different kind of ages, and you can you can actually tell how long somebody has been in that aftercare home uh, because some of the girls are or young women, uh, you know, they smile, they they look you in the eyes, uh, which initially I wondered if they were smiling and looking me in the eyes. By the way, it's very rare to be able to have the access the, or the permission to go into one of those places because, you know, they they could see a man like me and it, it just set the recovery back, you know, just have flashbacks. But I remember the first time I went into one, I, I was never sure, okay, these girls smiling and looking at me because they think, um, I don't know, just because they're conditioned for a potential male customer or are they healing? It's very difficult to know. But I'll tell you one thing I definitely knew. I knew who the freshest girls Who were rescued were because these girls, uh, they 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 literally looked like beat down dogs, you know slunch, uh, hunched shoulders, face down, not able to make eye contact, you know trying to make themselves as small as possible so they're not noticed. Because if they if they're noticed, then maybe someone's going to want them sexually. It was um, man, it's 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 a heartbreaking thing, but also it's a incredibly. Inspiring thing too to see people who were on the on the road to recovery. That's amazing. How, how long was it for you, Anjali, until you started to heal? When you were put in that aftercare home, when, when did when did God start to break through for you?
1: Like first, um, first time was for me. Like for for months, it took for me to realize that what life I had been living was really not truth what they have been saying was wrong like it took time for me to separate like they are wrong this is right you know it took time for me like once the small kind of hope came inside us uh, me and I um, can say on behalf of us like all of us and we we started to separate the difference. Like we are not uh, working for like twenty-four hours for customers. Like uh, we we are wealthy, fed, and we are good. So we and sub- slowly also. I know I'm. I'm really grateful to IGM and um, Sunlab. They really did a lot of hard work. So the healing process really. It takes um, like it took started from lab, but it's still it's on. Like I, I believe it takes really long time ahead in life.
0: Yeah, I would. I was gonna ask you when you feel like you got healed, but you're probably still healing right now. I mean, there's 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 little bruises that happened to me a long, long time ago, little compared to yours that I'm still healing from. (laughs) I don't is is. Is your healing journey ever truly over? Do you think?
1: Even though every like uh, morning sunshine brings me hope that oh, I am in a good condition now. I am on a clean bed. I I don't need to spend my day with like uh, the customers, but night we can't control overnight that I have nightmares bad dreams which really brings me back of the memories of what I experienced um in the brothel where I was always like hiding you know if someone and even my childhood I was always hiding and when I see this kind of dreams I just this memories brings me back
0: Man, well, hey, let's let's talk about let's talk about some of the ways that God is using. This is this is really really powerful. You have a you have a book, a recently published memoir. Uh, it's called "Standing in the Way: From Trafficking Victim to Human Rights Activist." What led you to actually write a book on this? I mean, I, to, I think, Anjali, this is incredibly aggressive. I mean, if I'm you. I'm going to stuff this part of my past. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to think about it. I want to go on. And and yet you're coming on podcasts like this, and you're actually choosing to write a book about it. Why would you do that?
1: Yeah, actually, I'm really grateful to all. First of all, I'm grateful to God, and I'm grateful to everyone who stood on my way. I felt that God really wants um, me to help others, understand what really uh, girls go through it and also it might help other girls to understand that uh, I'm not the alone one person who have been uh, like done like this there are other one uh, she also have been gone through all this but she like recovered she she got to um healing process so i want she get hope like for her life and yeah
0: if you've never written a book, it is a very difficult, arduous process. I can't imagine writing a book uh, that something is so personal and painful. That's that's heroic. And if you've never written a book and you decide to write one, let me just clue you in on something. You don't make any money writing books. You don't make any money <laughs> writing books. Yeah, you know the authors who are on the New York Times bestseller list. Maybe they're making some money but the rest of us, and I've written five of them, I could never, writing books could never be my day job. They're just, especially yours, there's not a huge market of people who say, oh, let me go pick up a book about sex trafficking. That's exactly what I want to read while I'm at the beach. It's not a, it's not a capitalistic endeavor. It's a spiritual endeavor for you probably to continue your healing and to help somebody who's going to pick up that book. Most of us uh, are never going to have to heal from the kind of pain that you're healing from. But what can you tell us, those of us who do have hurts and pains and bruises, what can we learn from your story? H- how do you heal? What are some of the secrets or some of the habits that you can practice to facilitate your own healing journey?
1: I think um, to move ahead of in healing journey, we just uh, need to focus on what we have now, who we have and what we have, then past will never like bring us good memories. Uh, but also I see um, it is a healing process because I see what God has done in my life uh, in different way. Like once I was in a situation like that, but today I'm not. So um, for healing process, you need to do first of all, also we need, you need to do forgive, you need to forgive if you forgive it will just heal yourself like uh forgiveness will heal yourself and it will just bring um, positive um, concepts and positive things on you. It will heal yourself, free yourself from the prison that was boundary the boundary that was covering you.
0: I love what you say in your book when you talk about forgiveness, you say quote. I've seen what happens when people stay stuck in their pain. They may be physically free, but their mind and spirit are still trapped. They become their own jailers. Talk more about that.
1: Yeah, many many people they even though they are like rescued and freed, they return to back in life. Um I used to cry like thinking, Oh, this wrong things happened, why my people did that, why this man did that, why why no one thought that, oh I'm a child, you know, they they should help me why that was always hurting like to keep inside me like thinking every day I was I used to cry and ask god why why this man did and that was always hurting me that was doing nothing good to me and many people i know they just um do, do that like they they keep asking themselves and god why this happened and they don't um let um free themselves and so gradually when i started forgiving So, like, I I prayed. It's not a one-day work. It's not like one day you said, oh, I forgive them, and it's done. Not that. It's really not that, and it's not really easy for um, us who have been um, tricked or who did uh, so bad with us. So, you need to pray, and I think just forgive them and let them, like, take out uh, them out of your heart. You Take out uh, them out of your uh, mind so that— Not they, but you will be freed when you take out them and you, when you say, Oh, I forgive them, I'm no more going to like spend my energy on thinking that, Oh, they hurt me, they did this to me. Why? I'm not, I I don't, I'm not going to that spend my energy on it. So,
0: yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Let, Let me just kind of recap what you said. One, I'm hearing you say one. Bring it out in the open. Folks, things that are stuffed into the dark grow mold. Do not take your pain. Do not take your difficulty or your secrets and think it's just between you and yourself. It is not. It's going to come out with other people. You got to bring it out into the light. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. You got to bring it out in the light so you can actually get healed. And then the second thing is forgive. I love that... You, when you talk about forgiveness, I, I'm, I know that you've never gone and you have found all the men who violated you. You've never been able to go and find the, the, the owners of the brothel that you were in. It's not like you have some healing conversation where they ask for forgiveness and you say you're forgiven. You choose to release it. That's the, that's the word for forgiveness that Jesus used, Afimi. You You choose to release it. You choose to not chew on it. You choose to not keep it locked in the darkness of your heart. You choose to actually pray for those folks. And it's never easy. It's never fun. But that's actually how healing comes about. Taking a quick break here let you know that my latest book, Move, is out right now. This isn't like any other devotional book, at least none that I've read. It's full of the things I always find myself talking to guys about around the campfire or if we're having a couple beers or on the back deck. We've added 22% new content to this devotional from an, a previous version that was self-published. So even if you own the original, there's a lot of new stuff in here. Get your copy on Amazon today. And while you're at it, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating. And review it. It actually helps us drive new listeners to the show. I think we might have been a help to you, and we want to help be a help to as many people as possible. Uh, speaking of being a help, let's get back to it. Anjali, we've come at that time of our show where we do the lightning round. The lightning round is when I give you a question, and you have to answer it in one or two sentences. Are you up for the lightning round, Anjali? Can you do it?
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> oh, oh you're so, you sound so excited. You sound so excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. The most aggressive thing you've ever done.
1: Um, I think forgiving best people. And also one uh think is deciding to go back to my place and help other sisters,
0: good, good job. you got that in three sentences, well done, just, awesome, all right, here we go, number two, why is education so important?
1: I think education has a lightning power, like God uses education, knowledge to lighten the mind like um so. It's like a miracle. God just uses education to lighten the darkness. I I believe that education is a light uh, that God uses to end the darkness because education brings many more opportunities with understanding of ourselves and then brings opportunities for the um, things that we need, like jobs and everything.
0: The thing you are currently learning—
1: I am with life. Yes. <laughs> with life, I am really learning. Yeah, we
0: don't have to have all sex answers. We don't need sex answers or, <laughs> or healing answers. So, yeah, what are you, what are you learning that's fun or, or that's in part of life?
1: Yeah, as a part of life, I what I learned is that problems are never-ending. There is problem. There, like, one problem ends and another problem comes. There will be problems, but I... What I'm learning is that every problem has a solution. Just you have to wait and share with what whoever around you without thinking what they're going to respond to your, like, uh, sharing. Just uh, problems will come, but it, uh, it will just go.
0: Well, it's been great just looking at you and watching you because, you know, you've— your countenance is bright. Your countenance is cheery. It was understandably heavy when we talked about the past, but you're, you're a bright, cheery person. It is really cool to, cool to see that. I love that. I mean, you're, you're, you're smiling like a butcher's dog over there. <laughs> At least that's a phrase that we use here. <laughs> it's wonderful. Let's, let's, end, let's end our time with helping you in your work. You have a GoFundMe campaign where you're trying to build a school in your hometown to help yeah. children. A hundred percent of the profits of your book are going to build the school. How can we help you?
1: Yeah, now I am I also built with my friends who rescued, we built a one nonprofit foundation to help other sisters around. And also I already started um, construction of my school. Where I, because I believe uh, education can lighten the um, children' uh, um, mind, and if you can buy my books, you can support. And I believe you have been doing, but I really want you pray for all the mm-hmm. mm, sisters around the world who are who must be suffering uh, with sex uh, and rusty who must be suffering without knowing they have a better life, better opportunities for them. And um, the buying.
0: So we can can go buy the book Standing in the Way, but I'm looking at your GoFundMe page. It's called Education to Prevent Trafficking in Nepal. Education to Prevent Trafficking in Nepal. You have a goal of $25,000 right now as I'm looking at this. You got twenty-two thousand dollars, twenty-seven. You're only three thousand dollars away. Yeah. Well, we're going to we are going to help you. We are going to get that done. We're going to go over your goal. That's what we're gonna do. Aggressive life, folks. Let's be aggressive here. Let's be aggressive. Let's not let's not throw this like ten or fifteen bucks. Come on, let's get three, four, five figures in here. Uh, and we can not just knock this school out, but get you get you a head start on your next school. If you're interested, I'm gonna go there right now, as soon as I'm done with uh, interacting with Anjali. It's basically www.gofundme.com slash spring school. Spring dash school. Anjali, this has been this has been fantastic. It's been fantastic to to hear about things that some of us would not want to hear about, but we need to hear about it as human beings. It's fantastic to hear your wisdom. It's fantastic to see you smiling. It's, it's fantastic to have you building into us. And it's fantastic to have a vision we can get behind here. So and that's about all we have for today, boys and girls. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time on The Aggressive Life.
1: Thank
0: you so much, Uncle. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome, sweetie. Thank you.